Last Sunday, I began a series of sermons entitled, Full, Finding Fulfillment in Life. Would you, would you like to have a fulfilling life? Well, we're, we're looking at what the Bible says about how we can have a rich and satisfying life. And so what we're doing in this series is looking at two places in the Bible each week. Each week, we first of all are looking at the book of Ecclesiastes, because the book of Ecclesiastes, the, the subject of it is the meaning of life. And Ecclesiastes raises questions about where is there meaning in life. And then the second place in Scripture that we're looking at is, are the words of Jesus, because Jesus answers the questions that Ecclesiastes raises. So last week, the first week of the series, to review for just a moment, we looked at Ecclesiastes 1. Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, and King Solomon was the richest guy in the world. Solomon had all of the stuff that most people think would bring a rich and satisfying life, and yet he found that his life was still empty. Let's review for just a minute. I'll share with you two key verses from Ecclesiastes 1 that we looked at last week. First of all, Ecclesiastes 1.7, so, uh, Solomon wrote, All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. And he's talking more than just about the ocean that doesn't fill up. He's talking about his life, all the stuff that I pour into it, and it's just never full. Full. And then we saw Ecclesiastes 1.14, which is sort of a summary of the whole book. Here's a key verse for the whole book. It's got the key phrases, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. 34 times in this book, the phrase under the sun. This is about life on planet earth. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, or vanity, or vapor, or fog. 33 times in this book. That word occurs. Life is meaningless, he says. And then the final phrase, a chasing after the wind. It's as futile as chasing the wind. Ten times in this book that phrase occurs. So today let's move to Ecclesiastes 2 as we continue to see Solomon's quest for, for meaning. Solomon experimented with a lot of things. He threw his life and his energy into various pursuits, hoping that these pursuits would fill him up. Maybe you do that. Maybe some of these you can identify with. Solomon had the means to do it, and so we can learn from Solomon's pursuit of meaning. So first of all, Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 1, Solomon looked for meaning in pleasure. He said, I'll just, I'll, I'll just have a good time. I'll do everything I can to have a good time. You know people that live like that? Go from one concert to one sporting event to, to one trip to, uh, to one thing after another. Maybe you're like that. And, and, and you think, oh, if I could just have more fun all the time, maybe my life would be meaningful. And Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 2.1, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good, but that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness, and what does pleasure accomplish? A life of pleasure didn't fill him up. And so, he tried alcohol. A lot of people today look for some kind of pleasure and joy in alcohol. In verse 2, 
or verse 3, he said, I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind's still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. But that didn't fulfill Solomon. So the third, he threw himself into building projects. You, you know, ever know somebody, maybe you're like that, you always got a project going on because maybe this project, if I do this, will make me happy. And so he says in verse 4, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kind of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. And so Solomon did all of these things, all of these projects that might bring him fulfillment. And then he looked for that kind of meaning in possessions or collections. He says in verse 7, I bought male and female slaves and other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. And so in stuff, in collecting, in, in buying, in possessions, he looked for some kind of meaning. And then he looked for it in relationships. The latter part of verse 8 says, I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. And other places in the Bible, it says that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And in all of those relationships, it did not bring him the fulfillment that he hoped for. And so he concludes, gives the conclusion of his search in verses 9 through 11. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. and all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. None of it filled him up, and none of it will fill us up. Doesn't mean all of these things are bad. Doesn't mean possessions, or some of them are bad. A harem is bad. That's not God's will for you. God's will is one man and one woman for life. Genesis makes that clear. But some of these were not sinful, some of, but they don't fill you up. And he found life to be a chasing after the wind. Now that's sort of pessimistic, I know. I told you last week, don't read Ecclesiastes when you're really down because you'll be even further down when you read it. It's just a, a real look at what life is like under the sun. But the good news is that there is life beyond the sun. There's a God beyond creation. And he sent his son Jesus from beyond the sun to come under the sun to be incarnate as a human being and to bring us true meaning. And so we looked last week at the words of Jesus. Just want to review that. Some of you are on fall break. We're glad you're back. Want to review John 10.10. Let me read this that we read last week. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Solomon said, the sea's never full, my life's never full. Jesus said, oh, I'm not bound by under the sun. I came from beyond the sun, and I have come that you might have life and might have it to the full. There is a possibility of fulfillment in life, and it comes in Jesus. How do you experience that? Well, we also read 
John chapter 6, 35. Let's review that I am saying of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So you want that satisfaction of where your soul is never hungry and never thirsty. Then you come to Jesus and you believe in him because he is the one who came that you might have abundant or full life. So today we're going to go a little deeper into that. What does it mean to have fulfillment in a life relationship to Jesus? Because there's some of you who would maybe even say, well, you know, I am a Christian. I have come to him and believed in him, and I still don't feel like I'm finding fulfillment in life. Well, we want to go a little deeper into that, and how can I experience real fulfillment through a relationship with Christ? Let's look at one more of his sayings to begin with. This one in John 7. Verses 37 through 39, on the last and greatest day of the festival, this is a festival that was water-centered in that desert land, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus says that the key to having a fulfilling life in him is the Holy Spirit. And he said that after he was glorified, after he ascended to heaven, the Spirit would descend, and that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And so now for every believer in Christ, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the presence, the Spirit of Jesus within you, and that presence of the Spirit within you is like an artesian well that bubbles up, that wells up to produce within you fullness in Christ. So what we want to understand is, how can I experience that fullness of the Spirit, that filling of the Spirit uh, that, will, that will well up within me in my relationship with Christ. So I have two principles I want to share with you today that I think are key of how you can have a fulfilling life that is how you can be filled with the Spirit. The first of these scriptural keys to experiencing this fulfillment is this, you have to be emptied before you can be filled. Simple principle, but one we've got to get, you have to be emptied before you can be filled. I got some props here today. Every once in a while, if you're new, I do props every once in a while. Some of us are visual learners, and uh, so it helps us visually a little bit. So I got props today. So we're going to let this pitcher of water represent the filling of the Holy Spirit because that's the image Jesus used here, right? He said that the Holy Spirit's going to be like living water. And we're going to let this glass represent your life and we want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit so we're going to pour this water into this glass and it'll be full of clean pure water do you see a problem with that yeah it's hard to fill this glass with pure water because there's already stuff in this glass it's already full of something and your life is already full of something. And if I pour this water 
into this glass, it's got sand in it, it's just going to make mud. You can't just add God to your life. That's what some of us want to do. I, wanna, I want God in my life. So God, I'm just going to put you in there with everything else. I'm going to add you in. And that won't work. It just muddies the water. It doesn't bring you what you're looking for. So what has to happen? Well, it's a simple process. We've got to empty this glass first, and then after we empty the glass, then the glass can be filled, right? That's what needs to happen in your life as well. You've got to empty yourself first. That means repentance of sin because some of that stuff in your sin, your life is sin. But it also means just other stuff in your life. You've got to be emptied before you can be filled. And some of you are not living a fulfilling life because you haven't been through that repentance and faith. That's, the two, that's what, how you become a Christian. Empty, that's repentance. Fill, that's receiving, that's faith. And that has to happen repeatedly in your life for you to experience the f- fullness that God wants you to have. You, you say, well, that means I have to get rid of everything in my life. No, but everything in life needs to be under His Lordship. You might still have some building projects. You'll probably do, still do some pleasure, but it, it all has to be under the Lordship of Christ. It's not the center of your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So let's look at this principle. Now that we've seen it illustrated, let's look at it in the Scripture. You have to be emptied before you can be filled. First of all, we're, all, we're filled already with other things. I want to read to you Romans 1.29. I've got it listed wrong on the, the notes. It says Romans 2.29, but it's 1.29. we got it right up here. Uh, they have become, and this is a verse that describes humanity. Romans 1 describes humanity without Christ. They have become, that's us, filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossips. Goes on to say they disobey their parents and so forth. And that's us. And so to experience the, the reason you're not having the fullness of life is because you haven't let go. You haven't emptied yourself. And there, is there, are there some things today that just need to be poured out before the Lord? Some things that you've held on to? You want fullness, but you wind up with mud because you won't do it God's way and empty yourself first. And that's repeated in your life. Let me show it to you in another passage in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Ephesians 5 18 says, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit. Do you hear the two parts of this verse? Do you hear the contrast? It's not one thing but it is the other. Don't be filled or drunk on wine because if that's the filling of your life then you can't be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but the contrast, empty yourself and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want a full life, but it's just mud? Then there are some things that you need to turn over to God today and say, God, I've tried to do my life my way. I've tried to add you on as an add-on to my life, and that's why it's not working. Today, I empty myself so that I might be full. There's a second principle that I want to share with you about experiencing this fulfillment. And I I want to state it this way. Top off your tank. Top off your 
tank. I want to confess to you one of my faults. I don't have many. No, that's not. But I want to confess to you one of my faults. Uh, uh, in most areas of my life, I'm a pretty disciplined and prepared and organized person. You, you ask the people I work with and my wife, in most areas of my life, I'm a disciplined, organized, pretty prepared person. But there's one area I'm not. And it, it is keeping my gas tank full of gas in my truck. I figure the reason they put that little warning light on there is so you could use it. So I use it all the time. I don't plan ahead to buy gas. It's a fault of mine. So, so there are many times that I'm coming down the interstate, and I've been to Murfreesboro, or I've been to, to Nashville, and that light comes on. Mm, oh, I need to buy gas. So I calculate it in my head. I got about 20 miles left. Am I within 20 miles of a gas station? And so I coast off exits, and you know, somewhere, and I do all this. And my fear is, you know, uh, as a pastor, one of the things you do in this culture, in our area, is you lead funeral processions. And you go before the hearse driving and lead a funeral procession to the cemetery. And so my fear is that, that one day I'm going to run out of gas and just coast into a gas station and the hearse and everybody else. And I'm going to fill up and then that, that's one of my fears. My wife Cindy is just the opposite. She gets frustrated uh, because I don't ever fill up. She keeps her tank full on her car, and she can't understand why I don't. So when I run out of gas one day, I'm not calling her. I want to call one of you. Is there anybody else that does what I do that you'd have? So, oh, okay, I'll call you, Paige or Chris. Okay, good. That's good to know some common uh, people like that. That's not a good way to, to really to do with gas, and it's really not a good way to do with your life. But that's what some of us do. We run on empty. And, and, and what the Bible says to do is to be filled. Let's go back to the Scripture, and let me show it to you again. Look at Ephesians 5.18, and I want to share something about this. Don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And the New Testament was written in Greek, and it's a more precise language, especially in verb tenses than English. I think that's one of the reasons God delivered his word at the time frame he did, because it gives us a precision of thought that sometimes we're lacking in English. And so this, this verb tense, be filled in Greek, means a continual or repeated process in the present tense. And so William's translation, which is a New Testament translation that tries to reflect those verb tenses, says, be ever filled or continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's a repeated process of topping off your tank, of emptying and keeping your tank full, of not doing like I do and running on empty. Be ever filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, when you become a Christian, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You receive the gift of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, all phrases the Bible uses. But it doesn't stay that way. And yet to be ever filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me show you. There's a couple of guys. Well, there's a few more than that. But there are a few guys in the New Testament that are described as being full of the Holy Spirit. Let me read it to you. One of them is Stephen in Acts chapter 6, verse 5. It says, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith uh, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
full of the Holy Spirit. And then let me show you to you in Barnabas in Acts chapter 11, verse 24, one more example. Acts eleven twenty-four, it says, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. What does that mean? Does that mean that Stephen and Barnabas were perfect? I, I don't think so. I think it means that they sinned, but, but they kept their tank full. Uh, can we go back to Ephesians 5.19? I don't know if you can on the slide. I forgot to do it a minute ago. But let me show you how you sort of do that. In Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, immediately says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So he connects worship to this repeated filling of the Holy Spirit. So what he's saying is, there needs to be some maintenance in your Christian life, just like there needs to be in, with your gas tank. And so you repeatedly be filled, and worship plays into that. Why are you here today? There are many reasons. One's just to honor the God who, who created you and saved you, but one is also that you might be filled. And it is through the, the singing of songs, it says, that we experience that filling. And it is with one another. You see that phrase? in that verse, speaking to one another. And so it's corporates when you interact in a connection group and in worship. And so those experiences of worship are part of that repeated filling. And, and I think what's happening with Barnabas and with Stephen is they kept such short accounts, they kept filling their lives so much that, that they could just be described as full. That's what I want to be, don't you? I want a life that's full I want to be full of the Spirit. Do you remember when the pipeline of gasoline burst in Alabama a few weeks or months ago and there, it created a shortage? Why did it create a shortage? Because there were too many people like me running on empty and all of a sudden they said, hey, i got to go top off my tank. If everybody kept their tank topped, then there would never have been any shortage, right? That was the reason for it. And in our lives, if we'd be full, let me again try to sort of show you with some props. So when you become a Christian and you've emptied yourself, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're full of the Spirit. But you don't stay full, do you? Life drains you. Life takes some out and you have to be refilled. And refilled. And I think it was with Stephen and Barnabas that they were just refilled so consistently, so often, that they're described as full. Let me put it to you this way. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you were drinking water and your water glass got so empty that you, you wanted to get out a lighter and melt some ice cubes or just do something for that waiter to come back and fill your water glass? But then have you ever been to a restaurant when, whenever you drank a little, it seemed like that waiter was right there topping off your glass. And he, it, yeah, it went down and up. But it was so consistent that you would say, my glass stayed full. It didn't really, did it? There was some up and down. But it was so much, so immediate, so prompt, that refilling, that you said, boy, we, we, need, we need to tip him pretty good because he kept my glass full. I think that's 
what it's talking about here in these scriptures. He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's life-giving water. And you'll be fulfilled when you stay full of the Holy Spirit through your personal devotion, through your worship, through your interaction with the church, through your repeated confession of sin. You'll be full. I want to live a full life. It comes through the Holy Spirit, the water of God. One more thing. One more verse. There's something even better than being full. Did you know that? Let's show Ephesians, uh, Romans 15.13 uh, if we can. We got Romans 15.13. I got you out of order down at the end. There you go. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God can not only fill our lives, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, He can fill us with joy and hope so that we trust in Him, so that we overflow. Psalm 23 is an is a example, is a description of a fulfilled life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't have any wants because He meets them all. He leads me beside still waters, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together. Would you join me, please? Let's stand together. Oh, do you, do you find yourself identifying with Solomon that nothing is filling you? The good news is one has become beyond the Son named Jesus who can fill your life to overflowing you got to empty. So today some of you need to repent. You need to turn. You need to change. You need to let go. And when you empty and put your faith in Him, He'll fill you to overflowing. And as you continue to be in contact with Him, some of you, you've received Him. You've come to Him and believed. But worship hasn't penetrated your heart. You've not kept confessing sin. You've not kept your tank full and today needs to be a time when you say oh Lord that spirit that filled me fill me again fill me again Lord as I repeat that process and may I overflow if you want to receive Christ as Savior come to him and believe in him come and meet me here at the front if you want to join our church or if you want somebody to pray with you this is our time of response and invitation let's sing together